So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Dallas Dunn. Dallas, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 85 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So it's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Um, can't wait to do this episode with our guest tonight. She's already been on once or twice. I'm going to say once. I just came back from the movie last night that we're about to talk about, so I'm, I could not be more pumped. So, Eric, why don't you introduce our guest? So, like Matt said, we're tapping in with a fan favorite guest, a uh, everything and anything and everything Harry Potter aficionado, a wizard, if you will, in her own right. Uh, my friend, Kilisin Ud. Say what's up to the people. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing great. Excited that, to be on here, obviously. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm so pumped. Also, spring is uh, in the air and I'm hoping that that is it for snow. I was not impressed yesterday, but hopefully oh. summer is coming up soon. Agreed. The good thing I saw my winter tires on and I also made a promise on the pod that I'd be changing my own winter tires. We're going to get into that later then I'll figure that out by next episode. <laughs> Anyways, for this episode, we're going to be focusing on the Fantastic Beasts and um, Fantastic Beasts universe, basically the latest additions of the Harry Potter cinematic universe. And uh, starting with the latest movie, so uh, Fantastic Beasts and the, Cr- the Secrets of Dumbledore, a movie that's fresh on our minds. Like Matt said, he just watched it last night. Kilsen and I went to see it last week, so very fresh. It's a good spot to start, just start with the latest movie. So, Chris, I'll hand it off to you first. What were your thoughts on the latest Fantastic Beasts movie? I'm going to say that I probably think it was my favorite one. It would have been a debate between the first and the third. I thought they were both very different, so they're a little bit harder to compare, but definitely a step up from the second one, which is good because I was a little worried walking out of the like walking out on the second and coming in with the third one I wasn't too sure how they're going to go about it but I really really enjoyed uh, the secrets of Dumbledore and then I'm going to let Matt give his opinion and then we can discuss why we think each one was better or worse than the other like you Chrissy I I agree with you um okay so each fantastic beast to me is completely different and I went in, and the third one to me is the my most favorite and and we're I'm getting into my reasons later but just um no like I I had no expectations last night I went in I was thoroughly enjoyed the whole time even two hour 20 minute running time not too bad but I had a blast it was really fun seeing it on the big screen and yeah those are my like initial thoughts how about you Eric yeah I think it'll be a three for three across the board here I was (laughs) definitely very pleasantly surprised with this one I went in with kind of low expectations based off of how I felt on the last movie Crimes of Grindelwald but also optimistic in that okay I did like I remember you'll remember I said on the last pod I did like what they did with Credence controversial opinion I liked Aurelius Dumbledore plot twist so I was interested to see which direction they'd go in with this movie and I do like what they did overall. It's a, a good movie, honestly. Two hours and 20 minutes, for me, it felt it um, went by pretty quickly. Like, it didn't feel like an overly long movie, despite a very long running time. Like, two hours and 20 minutes, not a short movie by any means. Mm-hmm. But no, overall, I enjoyed it. Probably, honestly, my favorite one of the three as well. Between the first and the third, of course. But this one, 
like had more intrigue. I'm a big fan of everything and anything. Um, well, Albus Dumbledore and Grindelwald, I think, is like now kind of going to be taking over the narrative going forward with these movies. But anyways, yeah, those are my opening thoughts. Where do we want to segue exactly now? Maybe what they did specifically in the movie. Chris, do you want to kick us off in like what you like the most out of the movie? And then we can go from there. I have to agree with you that I think the Albus and Grindelwald storyline is much, much stronger than anything we saw in the first or second movie in terms of plot or narrative. And I find, I think their characters are much more engaging and relatable than the ones we saw mostly in the first movie. I think that would be the weaker point of the first movie compared to the third was that the first one had a lot of really fun creatures. But in the third one, I agree that the um, narrative is building towards something. I think that any Harry Potter fan who remembers in the Harry Potter franchise alluding to the famous fight between Grindelwald and Dumbledore will get to now kind of witness that part of history coming up. So I think building towards that is what was exciting in the third movie. There's no denying this time that that big matchup is coming up and... They displayed, I think, the tension between the growing political movements very well. And um, I don't know if you want to step into characters right now or wait a little bit later. Maybe, Matt, if you want to share something that stood out for you with the third uh, movie in particular. Yeah, for sure. Um, the two main things I loved about this movie. The first thing is acting-wise Jude Law and Maz Mikkelsen. Yeah. I won't say more. We'll save that for characters, but that's my favorite part of the movie. And then the second part is the adventure aspect that we've seen in other movies. Like, you know, you start by rounding off, like, who's going to be joining on this mission or tasks. And so you have that. And, like, this movie doesn't do that perfectly. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like a perfect movie where... But, like, they did a really good job of, like, reintroducing the characters, who's coming along for the ride, and then them going off on their own little, like, side quests and then joining at the end. I love that aspect of the movie. And like Eric said, like, that that wasn't... The movie was never boring for me because of that aspect. Um, what do you think, Eric? Yeah, I agree with what you both said, honestly. Like, I also like, like, the rallying of the troops and bringing the whole gang together for the Italian job-style heist <laughs> in that they're trying to mm -hmm. muddle with... Grindelwald's prescient visions and like in this version of Grindelwald we're seeing him having like some sort of foresight abilities that they're kind of trying to mess with like throwing different alternate um futures down his path and like seeing how he'll react to it just and um, with the hopes of throwing him off it was confusing for a bit honestly like particularly the character of Yusuf Kama that was completely lost as to what this guy's whole motive was the whole movie until the end. It's like, oh, okay, like, this is what this guy's there for. But yeah. other than that, and like, like you said, Matt, I'm glad you did say that. Like it wasn't perfect with the slew of characters they brought around. Like, like there are a lot of characters, basically like Yusuf Kama. I had to Google who this guy, what this guy's name was. I'm sure, I know you know who I'm talking about there, but very yeah. confusing. There are just a lot of characters in this movie that it was kind of hard to keep up with everything that was going on. But overall, your core, anchored by a Jacob Kowalski. Again, he steals the show. The guy's yeah. the goat of your yeah. non-Dumbledore Grindelwald crew. I'm going to say right off the bat, Newt stepped up in this movie. By no, <laughs> by no means was he a, an incredible protagonist. or did I, I didn't like him. But he was definitely better than in the first two movies. And... If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice I'm trying to sit up straight. 
And Newt is a fine example as to how you do not want your posture to look like. Because Mans is always <laughs> slouching forward. And just, that's all I could think of the whole time. Um, a little bit of a rabbit hole there that I went down. But overall, I did like what the crew brought to the table. Especially, honestly, big Theseus Scamander fan. Like, why can't, why isn't he our lead character? Way cooler than his younger brother, Newt. But anyways, um, that was a lot. I have to agree, yeah. I have to agree. I like that in the first movie, like you guys pointed out, in this one, the whole crew doesn't just follow around one leader throughout the book, uh, the movie. The crew was actually pretty split up by the end of the second movie, and that was kind of disheartening. And now to see them come back together, but bit by bit with their own side quests, like you said, I thought that was interesting as well. It, it enabled... Maybe to dilute a little bit the newt parts of the movie, mm -hmm. since not everyone's with him, allowed for some slight redemption as well on some story arcs. Mm -hmm. The third one gave us, like the first one was full on newt commander, and the third one yeah. was just like him. Like, that's why I think the third one's all our favorite, is yeah. our favorite for us all. Um, what you said before, Chrissy, the social political thing, I love too. The yeah. whole, like, with the international confederacy of wizards i don't don't quote me verbatim on like what that's called but like that was really cool the election that tiny creature that can like see if you're kind-hearted it, it was pretty or not. adorable yeah wasn't it Yoda i love that potter universe yeah <laughs> um i'm just gonna get into grendelwald here like moz mickelson my eyes are glued to the screen when he's any in any movie or show he's in. He's a phenomenal actor. He was great, I was just yeah. thinking of Hannibal the whole time watching this movie. Like, oh, that's up funny. The, I was thinking yeah. of uh, Le Chiffre. To oh. me, that's that's who I see when I see his face. But I agree, yeah. he was terrific. And um, I'm I'm usually I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan, so I was really disappointed mm. when I heard that he wasn't in it. I respect Mads a lot, so I knew that it, he would still have his own performance. But I like that they both. I find portrayed uh, Grindelwald in a different way, a slightly different way. So that was also very interesting. And I'm happy with both portrayals in terms of um, the angle they show us about Grindelwald. You, you never want people to recast someone like that. But I mean, they, yeah. they pick the right actor. Don't try to copy Johnny Depp. Just do your own That's thing. That's the thing. Exactly. He didn't yeah. try to copy him. No one can copy Johnny Depp. He's no. so unique. On the Johnny Depp versus uh, Mods Mikkelsen yeah. debacle, I also I was a big fan of Johnny Depp in, in as Grindelwald in the second movie. But it's been so long that I can't really even remember how his portrayal was like. And now there's recency bias creeping in. Like I really liked Mods as Grindelwald. I will I'll probably lean towards him right now as being the better one because he seemed. I, from what I'm remembering, anyways, Mods was more cruel and just also cooler. I think like Johnny Depp's was a little more uneven Swallow, and um, yeah, I don't know, just a little more maybe crazier. Whereas this one was more intimidating and always in control. It seems of the scene, like in every scene he was in, like he was controlling what was happening, like with Credence, with Yusuf, even when he went met up with Albus at the beginning of the movie, like he was in control of that conversation albus looked more flustered and like on the uh, giving into his emotions in that scene which i did like that exchange to open the movie but now mod grindle mods he killed it i was a, a big fan of his and um 
yeah, that's what I got on uh, Grindelwald. No, I completely agree. I did think that uh, Johnny Depp was more of the the smooth, suave type that's charismatic and plays games with people, and he's more uh, persuasive, whereas Mods seemed just cold, like you said, in control. He didn't seem to relish things. It was more like this was his mission, or he's just devoted to the cause. He's... Um, I did find, though, that it's harder to see how Dumbledore, a young Dumbledore, could have formed an attachment with him if he was always this sort of person, whereas with um, Johnny Depp's portrayal, you could see, like you said, a slightly softer side to him. But then again, obviously, this part, they've been apart for several years, so there's room for a lot of change um, in terms of the, the character that we currently see portrayed by Mods. But I agree that... Um, Given also, like I said, the, the political agenda, it's, it, I find it worked well to have a colder, more um, active and, and, and strong portrayal of a leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I also love the socio-political, like the, all the time spent in Germany and like obviously the yeah, like Nazi Germany implications in there as the well, parallel. like were yeah. very interesting. I love the scene. And I think this was in one of the trailers when mods or Grindelwald is it just in the, in the <laughs> mob and everyone just swarming around him and like kind of pushing him to the front of the embassy or wherever they're meeting up. He's just like a boss, just in control. <laughs> I was a big fan of that scene, like a very little, little scene. You know, I'm going to show it some love. And when like he gets out of the car and, despite his uh, devout followers pleads to not get out of the yeah. car he's like no no, yeah. no never mind with that, that i'm going good. out there with my people and i was kind of hoping at the end there that he would get elected and be the new face of the world of ma the international world of magic but of course the whole plot was building up with them the quilin i believe is how you would phonetically read it the beast <laughs> that he had bewitched and like used some sort of necromancy magic on you knew it wouldn't stick and that he would be ousted by everyone's favorite favorite magizoologist newt and his trusty assistant bunty he came in clutch at the end there. Oh, bunty. but i would have liked to see that move this movie end with mods on top that's my only little quarrel with how things happened for him I think you might see that with the fourth one. Like I, I, if I recall, um, they only pretty much mentioned Grindelwald in um, with Victor Crumb in the Harry Potter universe and stuff. So I think a little bit in the fourth, and then in the sixth or seventh. But at some point, he is pretty much the leader and has control. So I think we're going to see a bigger presence from him in the next one or the one after that, and then eventually his own people mm. turn on him. If I recall correctly from the books i think this would have been the movie to do that and then you have number four maybe where not to fully skip ahead to the future right. of the franchise yeah. there but i think this could have been the time to make that like shift in order in the wizarding world but hey we'll see right. what they do in the next one there because it'll happen most likely there may be even another a grandfather of the victor crumb family tree will be introduced <laughs> and those ties there, yeah. will come in somehow who knows but that's true i get what you're saying so pretty much by the end of the movie there wasn't that much change in terms of the wizarding world yeah. yet yeah, yeah that's true. and that, that that was gonna bring my next point like playing that devil's advocate here like this is this is like a filler movie not much mm -hmm. is like at the end of the movie he's go uh, dumbledore's going after grendelwald like but basically, all that happened was he doesn't have the blood pack, the pendant with the blood pack in it, right? 
and that's, that's kind of like, like can not now. yeah exactly. but a lot of character development in this movie and like a yes. closure on a lot of characters so this is what this movie accomplished if like someone were to attack the narrative and the weak storyline like no it's there's a lot of like stuff going on there's a lot of humorous scenes too but there's a lot of like the jack and queenie uh jake uh J jake yeah and queenie uh <laughs> Um, cool. and Credence, Eric's favorite character. Well, I was just going to say, like, there's a hundred percent closure on that character. Like, especially with all, I was reading up before this pod, like Ezra Miller's just been in the hottest of yeah. water over the last year's span. Like yeah. he's done in this franchise. Yeah. There's no oh, way wow. they're bringing bare bones back into the mix here. And I honestly thought he was just going to die in this movie. Like it almost seemed like he was, when he was walking up those stairs to come up to the, yeah, on the ledge, the Citadel or wherever they were. And it was like, he was walking to his doom, like, to his tomb. But I like what they did with him. Kind of. I mean, I thought honestly, from his first scene in the movie, he looked badass with the long hair when they're mm -hmm. creeping up on the mother Quilin and the music was like kind of sinister too. I was like, all right, let, this is what I wanted. Like when I said it last <laughs> pod too, I want fully evil credence. But after that, he was still just conflicted and just weak and soft. And then he turns <laughs> relatively quickly. So kind of fitting that his character goes through the ringer ups and downs. And now he and Aberforth should just like dip and have, have their own little yeah. side movies that we never see. Because there's nothing more to do with this character. Like, we know Aurelius won't be around in the future movies. I think it's a good yeah. spot to wrap a bow up in Credence, a.k.a. Aurelius's storyline. Yeah, they phased him out relatively well. You're saying there's no point bringing him back and dragging exactly. him around any longer. I I liked him in the first one, to be very honest. I thought his his character was a little more... Um, you could, you know, he drew in a little empathy with his situation and the orphanage. And the second one, I... It was so confusing where I, you know, just, just make up your mind. What is your name? And then the third <laughs> one, I agree. He was like half dead already. And um, yeah, I, that's one thing that I found I was a little bit disappointed of with the franchise was Credence's storyline. And it was much more prominent in the second movie, which I think led to so much confusion in terms of it's hard to follow a plot or care when you're, you you hardly believe what's being said because it keeps changing every 30 40 minutes yeah. and um so i'm i'm glad that they've shifted from credence much much heavier towards dumbledore and uh, grindelwald yeah plot changing faster than the star wars sequel yeah. trilogy <laughs> 100% i was going to make that comparison too how like these three movies like there are some similarities between these three fantastic beasts and the sequel trilogy and like there's i don't know no cohesion or like they're kind of red um con retconning events from other previous movies i don't know but Matt, what were your thoughts on credence overall like do you like what they did with his arc in this movie do we see a role for him down the road yeah i like what they did because it, he wasn't on screen too too often he was on screen the perfect amount of time in my opinion um i didn't mind like all the messages and the steam and the mirrors and all like that all that stuff was good Ezra Miller, he did a good job, but like lousy human being. But anyways, well, we won't get into that. Um, he's still gonna be the Flash in the upcoming movie, so we'll see it. Well, more on that okay. later. Um, what I really like, one of the I mentioned the two main things I like, but like thirdly, 
aesthetically and stylistically i love this movie all the settings like the the locations were fantastic and the dueling like we've seen a lot of wand battles now like the eight harry potter movies and now the three fantastic beast movies like we've had they have a lot to go on and this was done beautifully i love the um professor hicks L uh, lally lolly i forgot how we all agreed to yeah. pronounce her name <laughs> late anyways her fighting was awesome and she even like kind of like yeah was, she's really cool she even boasted on like yeah i'm pretty good charmer like yeah, <laughs> defensive yeah. charms that was awesome and the grendelwald like all that stuff at the end was amazing i thought like the fighting looked really good we didn't get a ton of it in the movie but we got like what they did do was great i agree i find there's it's more than just wand movement the way we i find we saw it in harry potter the the dueling is much more intense and aggressive mm -hmm. in these movies so it's it's more interesting yeah, I was loving like the pocket dimension duels, like the Grindelwald versus Dumbledore at the end, and then the Dumbledore Dumbledore violence in the streets of, I believe, <laughs> perhaps Germany between Credence and Albus. Like, that was cool. Dumb Albus just owning a young Aurelius, just showing him the ropes out there by the train tracks. <laughs> it was um, good entertainment for us. Like you said, not too much wand ship but still enough and a good amount like you said yeah. probably the best we've seen other than the dumbledore voldemort duel which still holds up as the goat it was pretty cool books. yeah i, I thought that, that, that the, the uh, grindelwald albus duel at the end was like the big duel that they had been hyping up and was kind of disappointed but then i remember that it was seen by the masses whereas this one was taking place in some like doctor strange mirror dimension so it wasn't that. So they're saving the big one for movie number five, hopefully. Probably, yeah. I agree. Loved that stuff. It was great. I like Queenie's arc too in the movie. Um, I don't. I don't know who this. I don't know who plays her. Like I haven't seen her anything else. But like I, she she does an amazing job. I could just like she doesn't have to talk. Like her eyes say it all, and she was very expressive. Her and Jake are great. Um, like, I love, like, the scene where he's at the dinner and he just looks at it. Like, those are the little moments yeah. that I love in movies. Like, that's why I go. That's why I keep watching movies. Like, the little things like that. Um, Even in a big franchise movie, like, they have that. So, I really appreciated that. I agree. I really, really liked her in the first one. I thought that she was spunky, a little ditzy, but still kind of entertaining. And the second one, I did not. I was disappointed. I found she was a lesser version of herself. Um, I barely recognized her when I saw her in this one. I thought she looked so different. And um, mm -hmm. I am glad, though, that by the end, she seemed to have kind of seen the air of her ways. Or actually, I would say Jacob's love just won over. <laughs> but um, no, I, I love their storyline. I think Jacob's my favorite character, to be honest, apart from Pickett and uh the niffler <laughs> i just love those two as well <laughs> the bow truckle and the niffler are great fan favorites but, um, for sure i in my yeah. opinion honestly i feel like queenie's arc has gone down since the first movie like i feel like but yeah, then again you can just... kind of not like just attribute that maybe to the fear and um yeah the nerves on being on grindelwald's side and like she's realized i would assume in the five years in between movies two and three that she's made a huge mistake she wants to go back to jacob but feels like she can't because grindelwald's just in control of everything that's how i could kind of excuse why she acted the way she did and like at the end of number two and then in three like she really took a step back 
in this movie especially, in my opinion. But I did like that Jacob's heart was able to win her back and bring her back to her loving and like fun-loving nature. Especially by the end there, we see like the this is the real queenie. She finally stood up for herself. And like that was, the ending was a great moment for sure. But I feel like she's um, taken a page out of her sister's book in that she had the personality of a piece <laughs> of wood in this movie. <laughs> for Tina. But anyways, we can get into her oh, later. Tina. But yeah. So yeah. you like you you like the omission of Tina then. So I actually yes. read up on that. Apparently she was cut from the movie because of comments she made speaking oh. out against kind of jk rowling's um views on certain issues which yeah. is what led to i'm sure reshoots and just decisions that were made in the editor's room which is kind of sad but absolutely when i didn't know that i did not miss her character at all because i'm no i wasn't really a fan of tina's character she didn't do much for me she's like basically a female newt arguably worse honestly i don't i don't really think i would say worse, worse but- yeah but she just doesn't do anything. So no, she, she wasn't really missed. And Lolly was a huge step up on, um, yeah. on oh, yeah. whatever Tina's brought to the table in the last two movies. She did so in half the screen time. So wasn't, no, she was not missed in my opinion. I don't know. What did you two think? Yeah, life? I'm not. I mean, I found her awkward in the first one, but you could tell, like you said, it was probably similar to Newt's discomfort with social interaction. But then in the second and third one, I found she was rather cold with Newt. And I found again that it was slightly immature on her part. It was like her coldness was just her insecurity or wanting him to pay attention to her again. Or, you know, they had romantic sparks if you will in the first one and then that kind of fizzled and she she just became even more awkward and cold and uh yeah i'm not a big fan of hers either so one mute is enough i think for me (laughs) well said let's put that on a shirt (laughs) (laughs) i didn't read up on the movie or saw a trailer so i didn't even know she wasn't going to be in it and it was a welcome surprise um did any of you change the subject? Did any of you get massive goosebumps when like the Hogwarts, like the castle, like the music came on when they I always love Hog- it. like For sure. huge nerd chills. Ugh. They had like then, every single big song in there too. Like, yeah. like off the top, thinking of names, but of songs, I'm forgetting them. But I feel like there were a few iconic Harry Potter songs that came up in the movie and every time I had a huge smile on my face like, yeah. <laughs> that's what we love one of the things we love anyways yeah. about the Harry Potter universe and obviously going back to Hogwarts like very few things beat that yeah seeing yeah. Minerva yep. <laughs> yeah, I just died laughing and even like um, little Hogsmeade trips was cool yeah. like yeah. Aberforth knew it was him I think I said it out loud in the field like that's Aberforth and uh, just yeah. nice i thought the casting for aberforth was unreal by the way i had my th- i i think he did a great yeah. job as aberforth I had the cadence to, of his voice down the mannerisms that you just know there's uh, many layers to that onion and he's it planted the seeds for, for a foundation of what's to come in the future movies for that character underrated yeah and he's supposed to be slightly less likable than albus that's the point that's the source of the resentment so you're right he's uh, well cast and um i think the other thing i noticed that they did a lot especially whenever they had hogwarts scenes in the three movies was um 
they would reference names. That was pretty much the only thing they were referencing with Harry Potter franchise is um, a lot of the names were Death Eater names that would later come up, but, um, you know, they would call on students and, and, and use names that I recognized mm. from Harry Potter. But other than that, there's very little to be uh, transferable between the two uh, two worlds. But yeah, Minerva is always a fun uh, yeah. fun person to see. No Nagini what? in this one. Shocking. I mean, that, like, what happened to her character her. after the last yeah. movie? Was she not part of the crew at the end of the movie? The second one when they go no. back to Hogwarts? Or was she not there? No, she did not cross the flames. No, no, no. I'm saying when when Newt and his squad go back to Hogwarts with Dumbledore. And I'm pretty in sure Jacob one? is part of that crew. Was she there? Do you remember or no? Tough to say. But I did read something interesting about Jacob is if you notice the expression on his face, he's very, very confused. Mm. And it's because um, it was mentioned in Harry Potter, but when muggles see the building of Hogwarts, it's in ruins and there's a sign that says danger, keep out. So right. he sees all these people staring in awe at this building that he sees in ruins and he's wondering, why are we here? So I, I hadn't picked up on that, but then when I saw the... the picture frame of that I, I thought oh that's actually pretty funny and um yeah i mean if we want to segue into jacob's character i just yep. i absolutely love him i find him um i remember mentioning he he reminds me a bit of a sort of uh bilbo neville longbottom if you will like bilbo baggins neville mashup where they're very likable they're kind of an unlikely hero um and they're biggest biggest asset is their kindness and and their love for people and that's what kind of saves them and other people in the story and i love that it's a muggle and he doesn't need any magic to be part of the group and yet he makes a huge difference and there are already people who compare um gandalf and dumbledore so much so i think it's funny that once again mm. you have the wise old wizard who tells the person you know you're stay who you are and you've grown and you've changed and this and that. And I think it's, it's important to highlight characters like that, not just the, the wand wielding heroes, but the quiet loving Jacob, ones with yeah. the Jacob with cor is almost coreless, us. coreless okay. wands or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jacob is like us almost like he's doubting from the beginning. Like, why are you taking me along? And yeah. Um, I like the whole Bilbo. Very good, very good comparison. Actually, that's awesome. I didn't even think of that. And he he wasn't over the top like a, a one liner every two minutes. It's like mm -hmm. just perfect timing. You know, on the train he was hilarious. Just like the frying pan gag doesn't have to like doesn't go over the top. Just like a couple times, like oh, tuck it under my arm again. Just I like it, how he it was very it out. Yeah. yeah, when he gets yeah. the wand, he 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 knew it was an upgrade. Yeah. So I'm not, maybe I missed something like that wand. It's just like, there's nothing special about it, right? There might be. Like, I think that there is magic to the wood, but not necessarily magic that a muggle can use consciously. Okay. I, I thought they say, just trying to trick Grendelwald. I don't think he, per he used any magic or performed yeah. any like, spells. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. There was that weird cloud thing where he's holding the wand, but I don't know if that was just spell work and he's... The scapegoat buffoon in the middle acting like he's controlling it but I like i said i wouldn't be surprised 
given the high level of fantasy in this world, there are items that have magic on their own without requiring sure. conscious thought from a wizard to be used. So I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised with um, I don't know, hidden surprises, especially on Dumbledore's part of foreseeing the use of certain objects and things. So who knows? We'll see if he uh, manages any kind of spell work in the next uh, two movies. Never know, like Ned in the latest Spider-Man movie was opening portals to different dimensions without any prior use of magic beforehand, other than it running in his family, so you never know what's possible. You never know. Um, He was great again, honestly. Like I said earlier, I think one of the better, one of the best characters, I should say, of this franchise. Mm -hmm. Like, effortlessly funny. Like Matt said, he's subtle. It's not not beating you over the head with a frying pan constantly with one-liners, like... This de- Dan Fogler's delivery is money. Like when, um, I forget exactly how he says the line, but when Theseus, they're in the train, he's like kind of making fun of the crew that they've assembled. And then Jacob responds like, hey, you're one of, a- you're one of us, pal. Like you're part of this ragtag group as well. Stop acting right. like you're, you're better no than better. us. Like the way he said it was just dynamite. Very few can imitate the um, yeah. delivery of a Jacob Kowalski. But uh, no, no, he uh, did his thing once more. I just kind of wonder now what's in store for a character like that going forward. Is he going to develop more magical abilities now that he's married by blood to a pure blood? And um, I just don't know what's in store for him down the road. Any thoughts on what we could see from a Jacob post movie number three? I think that's pretty, yeah, I think that's pretty much it is, is seeing him more actively, I guess, interact with the wizarding world, perhaps as the first muggle to do so, or in recent history, at least. So, um, I mean, they were pretty much one of the first mixed blood marriages and by the Harry Potter franchise, it's pretty common. So, I mean, we'll see. He, he could be, uh, an emblem for muggles wanting to join the muggle, uh, the wizarding world. I can also see in the fourth one, like they need Queenie's help, so Jake, uh, like Jacob, just comes along. Like they're a pair now, so yeah. they're both helping out our uh, protagonists. So that's perfect. What do you guys think specifically of like Jude Law? Like I love him as an actor, and he just oh, from the opening scene in the diner, loved it. So I'm usually not a huge, huge fan of Jude Law, um, but I really liked him in this role. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's because I find he has a very intense face. I'm thinking about different movies that I've seen him in. And I find, I think the hat and the beard and the fact that we never, we hardly ever see him f- like face on fully. He's usually, you know, I was going to say side face, but from the profile or yeah. uh, from the back or whatever. So I found that we were focused very much on his portrayal of Dumbledore and not Jude Law. You, you kind of had to, to look, I find, to, to recognize him in there. And um, I, I thought he was great. It is a bit of a switch from what we've seen of the more traditional Dumbledore, even with the outfits, you know, in the Harry Potter franchise and, um, and all that. But at the end of the day, you can only, uh, like we said earlier, you still have to kind of stay true to yourself as an actor. So you don't want to perfectly mimic someone else. But for what he's doing in this franchise, I really like him. Oh, you're right. His drip is cold. Like he's got way too much style to be a Dumbledore almost. Yeah. But I guess the the fashion trends have changed by the time we get to the Harry Potter movies and he's in his later age. So can't be dressing up as um, dapper as he does in these movies. But I love <laughs> Jude Law as Dumbledore. Like he's 
just a cool Dumbledore, honestly. And they, yeah. it's funny that you said that, like, we're always looking at him from, like, an angle. He's always, like, got the head turn and um, some mischievous grin. Like, he's always two steps ahead of everybody and killing it, honestly. Like I said, he was one of my favorite components of the last movie and was, again, for this one. I loved, um, yeah, just the whole blood pack to all the Grindelwald stuff that they're tied together and then how that was broken and now going forward, how he's going to be going up against his former best friend and uh, lover. So that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they explore that down the road. But no, he um, did a fantastic job. No uh, no complaints at all about Jude Laws. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the blood pact. I'm glad they did that because that was pretty much the essence of the movie, like you said earlier, Matt, or else yeah. it's purely a filler movie, but at least in this way, we're moving one step closer towards the uh, showdown. But I um, can't remember if there's another character we haven't discussed, a major character from the trilogy so far. Well, we haven't spent too much time on Newt. Don't on know Newt. If we really I was just going to say, I just but... remember Newt. Um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, in the first one, you could tell that he is uncomfortable with social interaction, kind, uh, and, you know, appreciates and respects magic and nature and the animals. In the second one, I thought he was just overbearingly uncomfortable. And I found that, well, the, the point is, the fir- by the end of the first one, he's found somewhat like-minded people so he should be a little more confident in himself and then the second one he's even less so and and even more as eric pointed a hunched over with a horrible (laughs) posture and um so i'm glad that by the third one he seemed to have regained his confidence and i I have a hard time believing that he could rally people behind himself as a leader when when he's buckled over all the time and just (laughs) Like, pretty much hiding beneath his hair. So, I, it, yeah, I, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Newt, but you do need, you know, the quieter, likable character, and, and it's interesting as a protagonist, but it's, unfortunately, they, they rely on the other characters to kind of liven up the cast, given his uh, portrayal. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, yeah. My <laughs> thoughts. That was a positive in this movie that Newt was not always like the main focused. And yeah, what was I gonna say? Uh, Newt without Tina was a lot like there was less interaction because she wasn't in the movie. So that was good. Um, he does not. He does not exude leadership or confidence. So he's very. No. He's a very cringy. Cringe is the biggest <laughs> word for him. Like the first movie took a half hour just to get used to watching Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> yeah act as this character i was like oh my god it's cringy for me but I he does a great it. job eddie yeah. redmayne does a great job because it's the picture oh, yeah. of cringe but i'm used to it now three movies in like i'm used to it i love the character now like he's likable to me um hilarious scene with like the, in the scorpion dungeon yeah. i don't know what else to call that overextended was... it's welcome in my opinion but <laughs> you think it, it was, was a little long I mean, okay. we, it's it's become his trademark to have a dance with an animal in each one. And the first one, he, he's some kind of, you know, buffalo pig or something. The second one, he's licking the ground. And then the third one, he's, he's you know, lobster pelvic dancing. So yeah. who knows what he's going to do in the fourth and fifth, but you know there's going to be something. 
And, uh, but for me in the second one was when he was trying to describe Tina's eyes like salamanders. And I just, I almost turned the movie off to be honest when I rewatched it because it's, I don't know. Sometimes they, they, they went a little too far with yeah. his, uh, as you say, cringe. I was trying to avoid using that word, yeah. but that that's the word that comes to mind to be perfectly honest. So Newt, Newt is the guy you do not want to be stuck with in a one-on-one at a family get-together. Like, yeah, no. so, so what's up <laughs> with you these days, Newt? Like, oh, yes, you know, I'm, um, I've discovered this new whatever. <laughs> Eric, like, do you know who I'm thinking of? Honestly, I family <laughs> doesn't even need to be said. But yeah, no, it's... Um, yeah, I think, Eric, the whole time I'd be wondering what's going to come popping out of his, you know, breast pocket and, and liner and whatever, what creature he's hiding, but... But that's honestly like probably the best thing he brings to the table are yeah. his trusty pals like the Niffler and Groot. They're the yeah. best things that he brings to the <laughs> table, right? I'm a huge True. fan of those. Like those two and Newt by, I guess, association or the Holy Trinity. But yeah. you could axe Newt and just have a dynamic duo of them two and you'd be <laughs> on a much better place. But anyways... They're great. Like the Niffler diving to save the tree, but really going for the money was obviously crowd pleasing moment. Got some chuckles. There's gold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that Niffler's still going to be on. I thought he was going to be a one movie guy, but he's killing the game. And I, I hope they bring him along for the rest of the movies. I was a huge fan of the hot air balloon duck dragon at the beginning of the movie. I thought it was unreal. <laughs> Would have loved to see that thing pop up again. Maybe a, a complaint I have, though, is Not Enough Beasts, despite it being in the title. And that's why the name of the episode you'll see below us is Fantastic Beasts, Where Are You? They're really oh, getting away from the beasts. And I do hope that they introduce more in the later movies. Like, that was the big appeal of the first one. The second yes. one, I think they're, like, freaking weird animals. They're, like, they had, like, these cats with huge eyes or something there in the... Yeah, in the ministry. The French ministry... Yeah, that was weird. Of magic. I like the direction of the no beast. Like, when the title card came up, Fantastic Beast was written so small. I'm like, okay, good. Now we're getting to Harry Potter. Like, they're transitioning to, like, just a wizarding, like, franchise. Yeah. Very true. Which I'm okay with, to be, to be honest. Like, I do like the Grindelwald and Dumbledore overtaking the beast at the end of the day. But maybe, like, sprinkle a few more in there. I think you're right, Eric, with that. Um, since they're usually tied with Newt, they help dilute him so that they, you know, like you mm. said, sprinkle them in a little bit more to just uh, liven up the Newt scenes. And I agree. I love the scene in the movie. Forget the lobster dance and just cut to the Groot and the Niffler diving <laughs> for the wand. That was very funny. And uh, I'm sure we'll see them again. Not sure if they're going to pull a Hedwig and just um, end the niffler at some point but we'll see ouch i'm a huge fan um, of newt's briefcase too like another good thing he's got <laughs> going for him did you guys catch when bunty asked to make she's like i'll take half a dozen of them but then when dumbledore only has five for them like it was obvious right like none of those were going to be the suitcase did you guys True. get that no, I did not catch No, those. I did not. But I did like the nod to the bakery when they opened the suitcase and there were, there were baked it. goods. I thought that was yeah. classic Jacob. But um, yeah. no, I did not pick up on that. I thought you were going to say a nod to the seven potters from uh, Deathly yes, Hollows Part that 1. Like, well. That was kind of their version of all the diversions yeah. and like yeah. the, um, the many briefcases, a.k.a. the many Harrys, you know, that 
Yeah, it's confusing. Easy comparable to me, but no, I was too caught up in the moment of our crew just annihilating all of Grindelwald's supporters like they're like novice second years at Hogwarts. Like there are no no <laughs> trouble whatsoever for our crew to take them down, which was okay because there are an infinite number of them. But uh, no, it was an entertaining scene. Bunty coming in clutch at the end there. <laughs> I completely forgot her name before we started recording this. I had to look it up. But she was another um, whack job as well. <laughs> like, say, yeah. Oh, cut yeah. from the same cloth as Newt. The only way someone could spend, willingly spend that much time around a, a guy like that. But well, I think she really likes him, right? Like you can see. Oh yeah, you face. can tell. Oh yeah. yeah. Probably and the Theseus most pure relationship Lally. between any yeah. two characters in that franchise. And do you think Theseus likes Professor Hicks? Like Absolutely. he was like mad oh, that he yeah. didn't get right introduced away. right away. To Absolutely. Her? And yeah. you know what I was yeah. thinking too? When Lolly was introduced in the movie, there seemed to be maybe some chemistry between her and Newt. And then when his brother comes up, he stole the no show doubt. and knew it was like, fuck, like <laughs> yeah. my bro's going to steal the, another girl from me kind of thing. Like he did with Letta Lestrange. That's what I thought yeah, immediately. I and he was even waiting like, hey, are you going to introduce me to this girl? And then <laughs> Bob's your uncle at the end. That's his date to the wedding. So Theseus moves smoothly, whereas Nude is just left in the dust to hang out with this pet tree. And <laughs> yeah. And that, the climax, like the reveal, like when Grendelwald gets like demasked, not demasked, but like everyone knows, one? like he faked everything. Yeah. Love that whole reveal, and he couldn't do anything about it because everyone's watching. Um, and oh, with the I uh, love the moments Han. like that. Okay, yeah, love moments like that. I thought so. that it would attack. I can't remember because I think they had mentioned they mentioned that they bow to pure purity or whatever, and then they mm -hmm. said that they also react in front of pure evil. So I, I was expecting yeah. the bow at first, obviously. And then I was expecting the kind of not so cute side of the creature to come out, but we didn't see it. We'll see. I'm surprised Newt didn't imitate the not so cute version and just like growl at Grindelwald. <laughs> You're right though. They did mention that for a reason. I like, think so. I thought that was going to come up. Yeah. They said it does a sound if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. They don't say anything for nothing in this movie, so That's true. <laughs> a lot of the dialogue comes back. Yeah, and just like little things too, like uh, Santos, I think the lady was called the one of the candidates. Okay. Lau yeah, like when she just like stops the Cruciatus curse, like you know, like she's actually like good-hearted, not like the other guy. Like little hints, like little things like that, I appreciate in movies, not mm -hmm. in your face, just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was rough um, actually for Kowalski getting crucioed like that. He took it like a man though. Like he he's did. just like, yeah. Again, curious to see uh, who makes it to the end Ooh. Of, of the five movies. What I'm is what I'm saying. Who would you drop, like if you were in charge? So, I think Eric and I had the same idea that we thought that Jacob might be being dropped that movie. Yeah, yeah, honestly, did think he was yeah. done. Like that he was going to get executed, not just crucio there. Oh. Like both thought like that. Well, was because like, he he kind of represents um kindness and innocence and all that. So 
by killing him, it's it's definitely going to be a point of no return for Grindelwald and his party of followers, because that's something that some people will not be able to get past, whereas killing another wizard probably happens more often and uh, less significant. So I think there would Good be point. more value to Jacob's death than, say, Queenie's. Or like Letta's Lestrange's death, we already forgot about it. Wasn't even mentioned once yeah. in this movie, right? And wizards. I dying. wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of hers, but she was like, "Oh, there's a Catwoman audition. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Let's get out of this <laughs> sinking <laughs> ship." But yeah, I think that would have been a good time for him to go. Honestly, and it would have been very impactful. An act of war. Yeah, this is the turn in the franchise now into the. The true darkness. And it might have been uh, more Queenie's fault that way as well. She has to live Not, with that guilt the rest of her life. Kind of, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That she wasn't by his side. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, her switch was all for nothing if she's not even able to be with the person she loved. So, yep. we'll see. I would have applauded if they would have killed off Kowalski, like, that that takes a lot of like he's a, the most beloved character we'll we'll easily see, we can easily say that so that would have upped been my a, rating of the movie that would have been a George R R Martin move it would have been hundred yeah. percent or a Ma I think, MCU um, move yeah yeah exactly something that he said that I enjoyed was you have to know that even your main characters are not safe or else there's no tension in a scene because they're the main character you know they're gonna survive and. Let's be honest, we kind of had that with Harry. We always knew he was going to get away with it. So yeah. it would be fun to see if, if the main characters in this franchise aren't as safe or protected. Because like we know, the only two shoo-ins to not die are Grindelwald and Dumbledore, right? Like, True. I don't know what Newt goes on to accomplish pre-Harry yeah, Potter. We never Maybe he hear will about die him. in one of these movies. Like. As far as I'm concerned, Newt is fair game. I don't think he will die, though, to be honest. I could definitely see Theseus dying, um, yeah. Queenie, Yusuf, Lolly. <laughs> they're all fair game. I have a feeling Tina is going to go on to do great things if she's able to make her way back into this universe. But actually, that's a question now that... Mm. I want to pose for when we're looking at the future of this franchise. I don't want to be thinking sure. like this going forward, but there is a possibility that they don't decide to make more of these movies. Like I they know. kind of wrapped to a certain degree, the story up nicely with this movie in that it ended on a positive note. The first muggle and witch was um, wedding of ever. We have Dumbledore yeah. walking through the streets perhaps at peace or pondering a question who knows and Grindelwald is on the run we know eventually he's going to be captured I don't know like this could have been could have been the end but I really hope it's not because there is more that could be done with this franchise in my opinion but what do you think I agree they're definitely still as far as we know given our uh, appreciation for the storyline we know that they're building towards something bigger um Unfortunately, given the controversy regarding several actors in the movies, I guess, and um, the box office outcomes or something like that. But I agree that they might not continue the movies. I think that would be a shame. But um, I don't know. Did you want to tackle like in terms of character arc or plot first for the future, Eric? We can do both. We, we spent a lot of time okay. on both. So let's just sprinkle yeah. them both in together. 
So I agree. We we know where the story is heading for Grindelwald and Dumbledore. We know that Dumbledore triumphs and acquires the wand. We know that uh, Grindelwald will end up in his own Nuremberg jail in um, in the end at the at the hands of his followers. Other than that, don't really know what happens. And I guess in regard to the characters, so Newt, um, it's hard to tell. I feel like we might have heard about him through Hagrid or Neville or something at some point if he had gone on to do more for the Wizarding World, but we never know. I think it would be more significant and perhaps enjoyable if he died, but uh, <laughs> I think Jacob is probably, again, like I said, a significant death. I definitely see Theseus dying rather than Newt at first, but I think stories are more significant when you lose significant pieces to them so serious black yeah i'm so I, I don't know what they're gonna do for the fourth one i feel like we kind of know more for the fifth one if we make it there well said chrissy i'd like i don't i'm not gonna speculate on plot but i'd like to just mm -hmm. for tone wise i'd like to see a more darker like half-blood prince deathly hollows feel where like yeah. deaths and just more intense can still keep it pg-13 that's fine like they're all going to be pg-13 but like just make it more grim make, do a time jump like this many years later and like this is going on it's not in a good situation right now yeah. um i like when there's a lot of tension like the possibility of danger of can death. happen yeah. yeah so yeah i just want that type type of atmosphere and i know it'll be yeah it'll be more grim to watch but it'll be the stakes will be so much higher and there's going to be like you know when good ultimately triumphs over evil it'll be that more rewarding i think that might be why they've edged their way uh away from the beasts and the fun and the curiosity of the animals because in the end they are telling a rather grim story Maybe, as Eric said, pepper in the animals just for uh, comic relief and uh, for fun. But who knows where they're going to go with uh, the plot and the characters. I agree with what you're saying, though, on like the next one should be like an Empire Strikes Back, like a, the villains win in the next one. Like I was yeah. kind of hoping, I think I already said this in the episode there, but I was hoping that Grindelwald would win in this episode, not in mm -hmm. this movie. Not surprising coming from me as a noted villain advocate. But I think this would have been the a right time to make him come out on top. And I guess you can argue that at the end of the second movie, the villains kind of win. Because Queenie does join yeah. forces with Grindelwald. And Credence, a sick ending in my opinion. Like a nice twist that he's going to be a villain now. Or he's yeah. motivated by hate and revenge. I guess you don't want to go back-to-back -back combo platter evil wins for number two and three. So now at the end of one, the good guys win. At the end of three, the good guys win. Let's do on even numbers, the bad guys win. So I think in the next one, it needs to be crushing Theseus death. Um, <laughs> Queenie dies as well. Jacob takes up her mantle as a legitimance and learns how to read minds and stuff. <laughs> Let's quit Newt, the jump. Newt drops the cringe. By movie five, he's actually a beast now. He's in order. He's dropped. He's done with the animals. He's just into. He's taken on Theseus' role as head order at the ministry. He's an angry. No, he's got to still be, like, I guess, kind of happy by the end of it there. But I think that's what they need to do in the next one is go dark, big defeat for the good guys. Yeah. 
no credence. Like I said, we're done with credence. Like uh, maybe sends sure. in a postcard or something, or he's just dead off off screen because it looked like, like I said, he was he was like dying, <laughs> decaying at the end of this movie. There, the the phoenix was practically more alive than him, and even that looked like in rough <laughs> shape. So I think you just move on from him. I don't know what to do with Aberforth there, but bring Lolly back. She was great. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's what I think. Bad guys win in four. Good guys win in five. That's my take. And it but would actually, start... during five, at some point, Voldemort comes around and interacts with Grindelwald or something, if that's possible. It'll... Yeah, I don't remember the dates exactly. Um, you're right, though. It would start off the tone of the fifth one much grimmer if in the fourth, at the end, they seem to be, the bad guys seem to be uh, triumphant. And I think what would help is if the fourth one, we see much more of Mads's side and his team and their mm-hmm. planning. You, I find oftentimes in stories of good versus evil, you only see the evil character in his evil-looking mansion with evil creatures, and you don't get a lot of character development that way. So I think that given the quality of acting and um, how much we already care for him in terms of a portrayal of, of, of a bad guy, give him more screen time and, and show him doing things other than just evil things plotting for power yeah make him more sympathetic and yeah but he he's not the bad guy in his mind right there's just a point of no view. so that's why make him sympathetic show how smart he is show how good he is not necessarily cold and cruel and power hungry because that gets old pretty fast so agreed and yeah we really didn't know who his henchmen and women were like his new right hand no. woman like couldn't tell you her name gun to my wand to my head and uh, <laughs> but i thought she was good honestly like, she looked like a, a villain like she's good looking and just like always had like smirk on her face like she's plotting yeah. something too like she was a solid addition weird credence as a villain honestly wasn't exactly what i was hoping for but anyways don't need to go over that again but yeah i agree i would like to spend more time with grindelwald and what motivates him and um just what he gets up to in the day to day like uh the day in the life of Grindy Lake. I was going to say day in the life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little vlog. So it was cool seeing him with the Elder One, though, I will say. Like, I liked seeing him, like, extract all memories of, I think, the Lestrange family lineage from that guy's mind. Yeah. <laughs> that was a cool and also, like, a hauntingly beautiful scene. Just, like, imagine all those memories just, just gone in thin yeah. air. That was interesting. See, I yeah. found yeah. the bath scene hauntingly beautiful because he's cradling the creature and there's a certain tenderness to it, but he slit that creature's throat. And um, so I thought I actually, that was probably one of my favorite scenes for Grindelwald because you, you saw a little more about him. And um, yeah, well, again, we'll see. I don't know, Matt, what did you think for f- movies four and five coming up? What do I think? Here, here's a question I'm gonna pose to both of you: Is do you want to see? And this is like, just like, okay, do you want to see a movie with more like set piece action esque, like little like scenes like in the Scorpion Dungeon or Lobster Dungeon and big like action spectacles, or do you want a more intense like dialogue driven, intense confrontation type of movie where 
it's mostly driven by dialogue and great acting or do you want a more like superhero-esque like action spectacle in your fourth and fifth movie like what's your preference yeah i much much prefer the dialogue and character development um the action stuff i find you get over stimulation or whatever you want like it just at some point it loses you're you're too high the whole time the tension and the action is too high at some point loses its buzz i think that was again to reference game of thrones for some reason but the battle of the bastards was like one of those rare 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 occurrences where you have a very long battle and it's interesting and um i would have cut that lobster scene short a little bit shorter even in the movie uh you know the lobsters are funny the giant scorpion tail not useful we all know they're getting out they're not dying by a scorpion sting at this point so yeah exactly I don't want um, Transformers Dark Side of the Moon, which is basically just a very long action scene. I want, yeah. <laughs> like, this is a tall order to ask for there, but like a Lord of the Rings style. Like, you get your great action set pieces, but also yeah. fantastic dialogue scenes. Like, I don't want, like, one or the other would be tough because I can't say I wouldn't want big action set pieces in this kind of universe that is so unique and one of a kind in that, and I know that's the same thing as unique, but like Harry Potter magic, you don't get that anywhere else. So you want to capitalize on as much grand action as possible. But I also do like that character development and all that, but maybe trim the fat in the sense that focus on a few characters and put some bunties and Yusufs to the side and just focus on your main <laughs> core, right? Because there's not enough screen time for everybody in here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like it's a movie, not a TV show. So true. I agree with uh, you mentioning that let's not forget it is a wizarding world with, you know, the fun of magic and wands. Um, I personally, after however many movies we've had of this entire world, uh, I enjoy now the more, creative uses of magic we we know that wands can unlock doors and, and make things fly but something which so i think that's what i really enjoyed about miss hicks was seeing her wand work and how creative she was with the spells that we've seen already all right that i uh, loved everything you guys said um jumping around there are a lot of characters jumping around this movie and it's it's, I think it's one of the flaws of the movie. It jumps around to like, okay, now we're going to hang out with him. Now we're jumping here. It you, When you don't care about a certain few, a couple of them, like that's what makes, it could it be a disadvantage the to the movie. It is yeah. a disadvantage to the movie. Let's be honest. I wanted to keep going back to Grendelwald, but you don't see him all the time. You're jumping back and forth. So maybe trim the characters like you and Eric said, like eliminate the, the weakest pegs in the chair. So, yeah well said guys yeah we'll see uh, hopefully we are able to get more of these movies down the road because this was an important movie like this is actually like the sink or swim moment that could either mm. get this series axed or breathe new life into it nick and be reborn from the ashes as a phoenix would right <laughs> so we'll see what happens going forward like, i do hope that they don't <laughs> cancel this series and they make final two as intended and um we'll see what's to come i mean we've been talking about this movie for a long time like a solid hour 
Um, I'm just curious. I have a quick question. Like to gear back a little to just Harry Potter. Like, would you be on board if down the road we got more like Harry Potter centric storylines, like either like they did with the sequel trilogies in Star Wars, bring back an older Harry, older Ron, older Hermione, and what they're up to. Like, let's say 20 years down the road, they decide to pick up a story with their kids or something like that. Like, would you want to see that? Or should we let the past die and alternatively have another series set in the Harry Potter universe that has nothing to do with anything and everything Harry Potter. It's just set in this world of like they go to Hogwarts or whatever, but no mention, maybe like an offhand like book mentions like, Oh, Harry Potter did this back then. Like it's irrelevant. Like we're onto new New people in the yeah. world of magic. Um, I think we had discussed it actually on the Harry Potter podcast, and we had nailed down Matt's terrific idea of a show called Longbottom. <laughs> it's oh, just that, Neville. I know, that's a terrific idea. That's just Neville blundering around with his pretty much mute esque creatures. But um, I think I had mentioned the Marauders. Thinking back, I think we we get enough information on them with the books, anyways, and. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be a fan of, of having the kids go to Hogwarts. I feel like they'd be com- constantly compared to their parents or whatever. And um, I'm someone who likes a movie or a, a show based on the, the time setting of it, the, the period setting. So th- that was one of my favorite things about Fantastic Beasts with the 1920s. Uh, booming years of the 1920s and 30s and, and how interesting those are with the cars and technology. I really enjoy that. So I think I would enjoy, once again, a different time period. Maybe even the founders of Hogwarts or something like that. So going back even further rather than forward. I'm someone who enjoys more historical pieces, so I guess that weighs in on my answer. So just completely omitting my two options, but that's cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so okay so then i would say eric just unrelated characters rather than the next gen of the harry potter characters okay that's fair i was gonna go with unrelated characters but you know, some there's something inside me that wants to keep seeing what harry's up to and ron and hermione and uh i just want to see it in neville of course you know teaching his <laughs> botany or whatever I think that the 19 years later scene just did not work for me and, right. and the, the fake bellies and the Here, beards. and Here's what they should do. You wait till um, Rupert and Emma and Daniel are all old enough to play themselves at that age. And you do a movie when they're all in their 50s and 60s, you make that movie. Yeah, you're going to have to wait another 20 years or whatever. I feel like Emma's going to look that way for 20 years, to be honest. Emma's going to look stunning regardless of what it... Yeah. 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 So it would literally be like the sequel trilogy of Star Wars then, like when they're much older. I think they're going to do that. Yeah, they're definitely going to revisit this universe in one way or another. I've heard that Cursed Child is in the works for um, cinematic, either a show or a movie. Okay. Not a fan of Cursed Child, but... That's just me. Oh, I was right. befuddled by the plot. It's a play, so they can change stuff to make it act into an actual movie. And yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Like, who's sleeping with Voldemort? Is my question. Like, how did that <laughs> <laughs> a few too many butter beers for whoever? Uh, poor sap. I don't know. 
Like, I think was it was it Bellatrix. Was it in the, in the book? Like, that's so it is. <laughs> but Bellatrix was the mother. Oh, okay, I could see that then. Yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah. butterbee is required on her part. <laughs> Sounds good. I would, I would like to see unrelated, to be honest. Just yeah. something that has nothing to do with the Harry Potter world, but is set in that world. And if it was in the future, like, I wouldn't want them to be in, like, modern times. It could just be an alternate universe, honestly. Because I wouldn't want kids oh, at okay. Hogwarts to have, like, iPhone 10s and stuff and just be like, yeah, oh, no. magic sucks. Like, I'll play oh. Wordle. <laughs> so, huge Wordle guy, by the way. Not hating on Wordle at all. Oh, how about this? I just popped in my head. A, like, a... A sports series, like a Quidditch-centric Harry Potter show where it's all about, like, the sports angle. It's about a Quidditch season, and it's about, like, it's basically, like, the highlight of every episode would be, like, an intense, full-blown Quidditch match. Like, remember the Titans or something really intense? Yeah, Yeah, just Quidditch-centric. Like, who cares about what's going on in the wizarding world? Just, like, the four houses. Which, by the way, speaking of the four houses, I did like a bunch of these tests over the last few months watch, rewatching the Harry Potter movies. I am a Hufflepuff, folks. Mm. Hufflepuff. I don't want to be Hufflepuff. I just am. There's no denying <laughs> I think that's it. the I'm trademark too, of a Hufflepuff. What it is. I was going to yeah. label you like a Ravenclaw, honestly. Me as I well. Like I would have thought house. so. I'm yeah. Hufflepuff like Cedric. Yeah. Okay, there oh, you yeah. Go. That's a solid champion. Cedric's a great reference. No, I'd be all on board with that kind of series, Matt. Like a, a rogue bludger or something. Like there's some corrupt Ooh. angle also. Like if it's either at Hogwarts, yeah. then it's more on the amateur side, right? Like the collegial level. Whereas if we're looking at the Bulgarian leagues, there might be some corruption in there. Who knows? Like that'd be very, very interested in seeing what's going on over there. So, man, you're right. two for two so far with these HBO <laughs> yeah. ideas. Long bottom and <laughs> Quidditch. They could both work at the same time, to be honest. You could have both. And Neville, if if they're going to revisit Harry Potter, like bring back all the actors for like 30 whatever years down the road, Neville is 100% a professor at Hogwarts. There's a 0% yes. chance he's not teaching Herbology with Madame Thank Sprout's you. like granddaughter as his, like, <laughs> either, I was going to say, wife or teacher's assistant. <laughs> his own bunty. <laughs> full circle yeah, good. I love the Harry Potter universe though just good I stuff. do too the movies keep aging beautifully like I rewatched most of them a couple months ago and like a prisoner of Azkaban I'm just like there was a time I didn't like that movie I'm like was I crazy it's it's awesome age beautifully yeah, yeah agreed well, yeah, I think that'd be a good place to wrap it up unless there are final thoughts on. Uh, no, just thank just... you for having me on your show again, on your uh, on your podcast, repping the uh, Easy Conversations yep, cool. gear. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure to share my Harry Potter thoughts with you, Eric. And at least now other people get to enjoy our slur of knowledge. But uh <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a party favorite, Matt. Exactly. Oh no. Okay, relax. Try exactly. Just a couple of references here and there, but here's a open platform to just be ourselves, unadulterated as far as Harry Potter references are concerned. So yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Chris. It was 
killed it as always and uh looking forward to having you on again down the road to discuss mm-hmm. perhaps another harry potter subject something else who knows that tons of possibilities yeah thanks a lot for joining us thank you yeah thanks a lot chrissy great having you Absolutely. on and i i really want to like we should do this trivia thing where like i want to know how deep your knowledge goes and i know it goes deep so quizzing you i was gonna make an, a nerdy room of requirement joke here of some kind but it's, yeah. honestly it's 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 heavily centered on the novels my okay. my novel because i've read them just so so many times um not so much in terms of facts for the movies like directors and running minutes yeah. i don't really know that stuff but i just uh harry potter is a huge part of my childhood and adolescence so it's stayed with me and it always will and that's where we would come in for trivia to supply that maybe l- missing movie knowledge in there. And as there you, you and I both know, we made a pretty solid trivia team at the Harry Potter trivia a few years back. We did. So, um, yeah, no, uh, we definitely be due for another go at some trivia Harry Potter themed. So, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Count Thank me you. in. All right, so thanks a lot, Chris. You absolutely killed it on there, as per usual. Super fun to have you on. And I hope you you enjoyed listening to us uh, recap the latest Fantastic Beasts movie. So yeah, now we'll do our random recommendations. It's actually been a long time since we've recorded our last episodes. So I have quite a few on here. I just want to open up with, I'm actually now officially, I'm back. I'm back into the movie watching game. Watched a ton of movies since our last nice. episode. Just want to comment on one that you had mentioned last episode, Matt. Nightmare Alley. Absolutely loved it. It got brutal reviews online, which I was surprised at. Like, it was more like in the the 60s, maybe 70 percentile range. Like, in my books, it was like, I thought it was like, it merited some 80s mm-hmm. love. I loved it. I thought Bradley Cooper was dynamite. Kate Blanchett killed it as well. Like, there, like you said, there's a good turn at the halfway mark of the movie. I would definitely recommend this movie as well. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's like a set in a carnival at first, but then it evolves into something else. I'll just say, without giving anything away explicitly, I did call that the fate of one of our characters would be what it became okay. at the end, if you know what you I'm saying. You called it, it nice. It, it was solidified when they were in the train and there were a bunch of chickens in cages. I'm like, okay, it's happening. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, of course. Okay. Great, great supporting cast too. Like I was a big fan of um, the wife too. I forget her character's name, but she was great. Like Richard Jenkins was great in the movie. Like Willem Dafoe, very good movie. Definitely recommend. So that was the only one that I watched that you recommended, Matt. But I watched um, the latest Best Picture winner, Coda, on Apple TV. Me too. Absolutely loved this movie. So good. Have you seen it, Matt? Yeah. I loved it too, but you go on. Yeah. A very emotional movie. So it's basically a um, CODA is an acronym that stands for child of deaf adults. So our main character is um, the daughter of two deaf parents and her, she has a deaf brother as well. So she's the only one who kind of acts like as a um, translator for her parents and her brother in certain situations. Like she works on the, um, in like their fishing or fishery company in um i think it's set in around the boston area so a lot of um a lot of pressure on her to be that interpreter and relay information to her father who runs the business and then going to school and following her love of singing and music 
that her family, of course, cannot really understand and relate to because they can't hear music. A lot of touching moments in this movie. I didn't know too much about it going into it. I was extremely pleasantly surprised. A lot of emotional moments, like I said. Like, definitely some tearjerker moments. Um, values of, like, family values. were Themes of family values were very prevalent in the movie. And I, I like a lot of stuff I could relate to as well. Like, obviously, a completely different reality than what I know. But still a lot of stuff that is very relatable. And there's some good humor in there, too. Which I always love. And, um... Strong recommend to everybody. And it's just fun to see different stories that follow characters and people and people's realities that we don't really see expressed on the screen that often. So it was a really fun movie for me to watch. And uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on it? Honestly, Eric, I don't think I have to say much. You've covered it all, and I echo your your thoughts. Did you recognize the mom from Seinfeld, though? She's the no. lip reader in Seinfeld. Uh, she plays the mom in oh, Coda. Oh, wow. Do you see it now? Marlene Maitley. I know, now I see it. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, I want to highlight one scene in Coda like where her mom's asked her to like to translate for the TV interview for their new business, but then she has to get to their, her lessons with her instructor who's told her, like, do not be late. Like, I felt so bad for her. Like, I'm like, what do you do in that situation? You lose no matter what. Another great example, like, a great scene in that movie and there's many more in that in it great ending too um yeah so yeah i watched coda uh pretty much at one, once they announced it that night i watched coda like that same evening i also watched speaking of oscars king richard with will smith oh, okay yeah found out he had to he won the oscar that night among other things and had had to watch king richard um it's about the williams sisters upbringing and their rise to fame and it was it was an entertaining movie nothing there's nothing in king richard where there's like oh there's so much adversity and nothing's gonna it's not gonna happen like you know how it ends right they succeed so uh will smith was great though um i did watch the other movies that the other uh actors that were against will smith maybe they could have you know, like it wasn't a shoe and it wasn't like a oh Will Smith should have won no matter what type of thing. So I don't know. Um, like who in your mind could have or should have maybe won? I mean, I watched Denzel in Tragedy and Macbeth <clears throat> and uh, Benedict. Well, Benedict in Power of the Dog. Like I watched most honestly. If Benedict would have won, I tip my hat off. He was great in Power of the Dog. Not the best movie, but he's great in that. Um, it looked like a snooze fest from what it I is. saw. I watched like 30 minutes of it, just yeah. could not get it. But he's phenomenal in it, so I don't know. But yeah, King Richard, very predictable, Eric. Very predictable. You got Andrew Garfield was another nominee. Yeah, and uh, Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. That's the movie about I Love Lucy. Um, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Yeah. I don't know. Will Smith, he's a great actor, okay? He made this performance look. He made like he's. It's probably an easy performance for him to do. Like he's just. He's very talented. Um, I'll go into one more movie quickly. Um, come on, come on. I think you mentioned this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. it's on Prime. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch it. It's on okay. my list. So yeah, we talked about it during our actors episode because I mentioned Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Um, this is movies in black and white. It's very small indie movie. All dialogue. I really, really liked it because it's such an easy movie to watch and just like you get into it. It's not complicated. It's a it's a, a movie 
where the acting and dialogue shine, you know, it's very minimalistic. Minimalistic is the word to describe this movie. So I really enjoyed it. It makes you think after you watch the movie. Um, so I like movies like that. Did you want to go ahead? One of yours or? Yeah. So I actually, man, there's like a bunch of movies in theaters that I want to see right now. Like there's a ton that are getting good reviews and that are just very interesting to me. And like the next big, big movie that I'm going to go see that I have tickets for is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yeah. And a movie that I think is going to make this movie look simple is Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I went to see this movie on um, Saturday alone. Second time I ever go see a movie alone. The prior one was Infinity War and that blew my mind. And so did this one. So this is it's two for two for going to see crazy movies in theaters alone for me. I knew absolutely nothing about this movie going into it. I just saw I was getting ridiculously good reviews. I'm like, all right, it's not, I don't know how long it'll be in theaters for. I love going to the theaters. I'm going to go see this. It was a crazy movie. Like, it's really hard to describe, honestly. Like, the biggest thing I can say, basically, is, like, it's going to make Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness look simple. Wow. Because it's a movie that deals with alternate realities, that are explored in a different way. Like this is a movie, like it's a rated R movie, right? Doctor Strange is PG-13 at best. So it'll be very simple in comparison to this movie. Yeah. But I highly recommend it. It was really good. It lived up to the hype for sure. Wow. Great acting. It's like there's a lot of good humor in there too. Like a lot of weird stuff. Like it was an extremely original movie. Like I haven't seen many, if any, movies like this really. And I was confused for most of the movie, to be honest. Like, 90% of the movie, I was pretty confused as to what was happening. And I think I would merit from a rewatch. I'm not going to go see it in theaters again, just because there are other movies that I do want to see. And like, so, when it's on streaming at some point, I'll rewatch it for sure. But, um, no, it was a really good movie. And I think you'd like it, Matt, definitely. Wow, that's going high up my to-watch list now. I saw that our previous guest, Dallas, watched it on his... I follow him on Letterboxd now. And I believe he 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 rated it really highly, and I, I didn't really think much of it. He texted me about the movie, yeah. saying like, I can't recommend it enough. I'm like, all right. I was already intrigued to see the movie at this point. I'm like, all right, Dallas approves. Let's go. And I did read his review as well. Tossed it a like. You're welcome. And um, no, his reviews are great. So yeah, no, it was um, it was a good stuff. I didn't want to read the review because I hadn't seen the movie, so I was very. Yeah. I'm like super anti. I don't want to know anything. I'm Eric. It's but like, honestly, my like yeah. I said, it's kind of a movie that you just have to see to understand what happens in it. Like it's like me, I went in completely blind, having never seen a trailer for it, and um, I was pleasantly surprised. And I had you still had high, I still had high expectations though, but it, it lived up to it for how, sure. How was it by yourself at the theater the second time? Like getting more comfortable? Uh, well, I don't want to make that a thing to be <laughs> honest, like because yeah, I did want to talk about it still with people, so. Like, that kind of sucks. Like, there's no getting away from that. Like, you want to talk about a, a movie after you watch it for the most part. And um, I, I was robbed of that. So, but it was fine just going. I was listening to music in my AirPods before the movie started. And um, then when the previews rolled around, I'm like, all right, it's time to just watch previews. But, um, no, nah, it was fine. Still not my favorite thing to do, but, yeah. Nice. Um... Actually, I'm just going to throw away like a, a terrible movie I watched. One of the worst I've seen in my days, honestly. Whoa. Fast 9. Oh. Finally got around to watching it, man. Brutal movie. Yeah. Like, there's no 
No way to spin this. It was just terrible. Like, they've gone so far away from... I know we've kind of just accepted that we're into the... Out of this world, literally, <laughs> ridiculousness. I was not enjoying the ride this time. Like, it was like, you kind of just look past, like, okay, this is dumb, but, you know, it's kind of cool. Like, this was just like, okay, they're doing dumb stuff, and it's dumb. Like, it wasn't cool. Even, like, they're in space makes zero sense whatsoever. How I thought that was going to be, like, their send-off. Like, they were going to make the greatest sacrifice of all, Tyrese and Luda, sacrificing themselves to stop the satellite. That's what should have happened. Like, the car should have blown up in space. Not that, by any means, I'm a rocketologist here. But then again, so is Sean Boswell. And I'm pretty sure we have the same (laughs) credentials here at the end of the day. Just a lot of ridiculousness. I feel like the Han punch was just taken away because they'd shown him in the trailers. They completely spoiled that he wasn't dead. That would have been way cooler had he come around in the movie had I not seen him in the trailers, but they spoiled that too. I don't know. I just really wasn't into it. John Cena wasn't that good. And like, I knew he was going to come around and like, they were going to join force at the end against Cypher. Yeah. Just didn't do it for me. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it though. Just so I can, I'm obviously going to watch the next two, but uh, yeah, my, probably my least favorite of them all. Yeah. It was so forced. I knew uh, just quickly. I knew the movie was going to be bad at the beginning when Roman's like fleeing the bad guys, getting shot at, not getting hit, and even commenting on how he's not getting shot, like hit, and he's invincible, and how ridiculous Dude. this is. I was like, oh shit, this is going to be a bad movie. Yes, I was literally sending snaps to people at that yeah. scene. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's ridiculous done right. See Fast Five, Six, Seven even eight exactly and then there's like a, a train wreck basically in part nine um one that disappointed me eric going into like disappointment like i think you liked it when you reviewed it a while ago but like i was i don't know if i was expecting a grand budapest hotel but like french dispatch i watched the french okay. dispatch i don't know maybe i wasn't in the mood i could not get into it at all okay, that's, that's um, fair I really didn't like the first. No, it was the second story. Anyways, there was I don't know, Eric. I maybe have to rewatch it, and like my mind needs to be calm. I don't think I watched it. I had other things on my mind, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck me right in. It did not suck me right in. Uh, no, that's fair, honestly. Maybe I was just like blinded when I went to see no, it no. the first time because <laughs> I actually re I rewatched it the other day, and I didn't even finish it. I was. It was actually right before our trip, so I was packing, like, just finalizing stuff, so my mind was also elsewhere, and I wasn't really captivated in the movie, really. I liked the second story, though, which was with Benicio Del Toro and Lea Sidhu. I thought that was one of the better... You didn't like that story? No, I liked it. I liked it a lot for for Lea, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the second story. Like, that was a good okay, one. Yeah. I liked the, T- the Timothy Chalamet story. Maybe that got a little long with, like, Francis McDormand's character. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely no Grand Budapest Hotel. I don't know. Would um, need to sit down with it and really just watch it another time before forming a final opinion on it. But I can see that for sure. Another movie I watched was by one of my favorite directors who's done like some of my favorite movies like Boogie Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. But this one, it's his newest one's called Licorice Pizza. Oh, it's a coming yeah. of age drama. 
but the two main actors in the movie are not like they're it, it's their first role like he he took unknown actors for this movie and this is definitely one of his weaker movies in my opinion and i just it wasn't as captivating as his other movies but the thing is his other movies always feature daniel day lewis joaquin phoenix you know like they're really star-studded this one was not star-studded so hmm I wanted to see that movie. I love the title of the yeah. movie. That hooked me in right away. So I'm very I'll, I'll good. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, very good dialogue. It's just if you're not into the two main actors, you're not gonna like the movie. And I, I didn't know, I didn't know who the hell they were. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that shouldn't influence me, but it did. Yeah, it's true. Like, there's always a level of familiarity when yeah. you see like, oh, yeah, I know this actor, this actress. Like, I like them right away. You're into it a little more. But there's also the other side. Like, you like to see unknowns get their shine in the limelight so it's the dichotomy right there i'll throw one last um, movie into the mix that i watched on the plane okay. coming back from our trip which was paddington just randomly saw it on netflix i'm like i'll download this for the flight and watch it loved it it's a great movie like just easy easy movie stress-free like uh, for me it wasn't an emotional movie really but i did like like the like the maybe the softer moments there with like the family wanting it there it kind of gave me like shades of elf where like the father was being like colder towards Paddington and the kids really wanted him to stay and even the wife as well wanted Paddington around and they get their moments to bond huge Paddington guy and now I've been told that I need to watch Paddington two which is the superior cut so I'm gonna get on that i don't think it's on netflix but i'll look for it and see if i can uh, find that somewhere but not paddington it was good like an hour and a half long movie easy watch yeah they're very uh, they're kind of underrated the two paddington movies because like they don't get the love they deserve and my cousin our cousin dylan pushed it hard on me like and i watched yep. them and i'm like dude you're right they're actually really good i don't know i've wa- I rewatched a lot i still have a lot of new movies i watch but i'm gonna go with this one's from disney plus and it was it's it's a horror movie and I saw Sebastian Stan was in it and he's the bad guy I'm like I'm in it's called Fresh the reason to watch this movie is the ridiculous like messed up horror plot like it's very like just watch like look at the poster out on IMDb and Sebastian Stan makes this movie as our antagonist like he's just great chews up the scenery the main girl in the movie is great too like she keeps your interest. Like it's basically not a lot of characters or settings. It's very contained type of movie and it's very messed up, but darkly funny, Eric, very like not American psych, not to like American start, like a bit like American psycho, actually. Like it's very morbid, but you're like, there's some funny shit in there. Okay. So shades of Bateman. I was just going to bring him up. Of course. It's just very, I don't want to reveal the plot. Like you're going to figure it out in the first 30 minutes, I guess. But then you're going to be like, oh, and then you're going to have to keep okay. going because you want to know how it ends. But, I, I mean, I saw it on, like, it was um, promoted yeah. pretty high on um, Disney yeah. Plus, and I was interested. I saw it had pretty good reviews, so I'm like, okay, I'll add this to the list. I haven't gotten around to watch it yet, but I do want to watch it. So I think you thank should. you for not revealing too much. Yeah. And, uh, man, Sebastian Stan nowadays is doing a lot. He's in a lot of movies and, like, a few shows, yeah. obviously, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, now with Pam and Tommy. So, um, no, he's killing the game right now. Good for him. Yeah, I watched a bit of Pam and Tommy, but I'm not going to finish it. But he, he he's amazing in Pam and Tommy. It just it wasn't a show yeah. for me. Do you have anything else, Eric? Well, that's it for movies okay. that I've watched lately. I'm 
rewatch well not rewatching I'm up to date on Better Call Saul they finally added season 5 on Netflix and I crushed that over the weekend great season yep. season 5 I had never seen it before have you seen it Matt yeah. are you caught up I watched it when it aired on AMC all, all these years ago okay well season 6 just started eh? this week like this ah. Monday two episodes just dropped so I recorded those I'm gonna watch them at some point nice Lalo Salamanca amazing right. character like by far my favorite character of the show now. I love how, so good. Yeah. I love how I it really ends. hope he can make it out alive after the I, like he's probably gonna die realistically there. But um huge fan. I love Nacho as well. Kim keeps getting better too. I just foresee like the darkest of fates for her. Like she's doomed, right? Because um Saul gets married three times and he's she's his first wife. So, and she's also gone down a path of, um, of no return. So I'm very excited to see how this last season plays out. It, what started off as a friggin' slow show has really ramped up. Yeah. And if you, if you could devote patience and just mental fortitude and power through maybe those first two seasons, you will be rewarded in gold with this show because it's really amazing right now. Yeah, unlike Breaking Bad, it does not start off with a bang, but I love I love Bob Odenkirk and okay, season six just started. Thanks for letting me know. I'll be watching that now. Um, yep. A show I'm almost done season two of is Euphoria. Um, it's okay. My my TV watching's taken a hit since baseball started up again, but uh, I try to squeeze in an episode a day of any show. Um, Euphoria season two is like it's messed up, but I love I love it. Yeah, it's like. Like the episode with Nate's dad where he goes off the rail. I don't know if you remember. Oh, Eric. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> it's, well, how can you yeah, forget, that was right? A crazy, it's a crazy scene. Yeah. And yeah, season two of Euphoria is like so out of this world. It's a kind of Fast and Furious style where it's so ridiculous, but you just accept it. Like, yeah, yeah this is how things are in this Euphoria verse. Yeah. But I don't think they'll get to nine seasons and we'll be fed up by then. I think they'll cap off maybe at three, four seasons. But no, I'm super over the top, but you still love it. Yeah. Cassie, just uh, Sydney Sweeney, breakout star. She's on the rise. She's going to be in like um, Sony's making their own like Spider Girl movie or something like that. And she's one of the leads. She's going to start being in a bunch of stuff. I now. agree. Same with Jacob LRD. The guy who plays Nate, he's going to be big, I yep. think. He's a good actor, and I've heard – he's Australian. I've heard a lot of interviews with him, and, like, he's he's a fan of cinema, like, old movies. Like, he's, he wants to – he's going to be a big name, I think. That's my, like, prediction. Nice. Yeah. So weird hearing him talking his, like, native Australian yeah. tongue. Mm-hmm. Like, he studies like, no, old actors. He's, he's a fan. So, um, other than that, for TV, that's, that's it, Eric. I'm – crushing the movies especially during oscar season right like as soon as all the oscar nominations went out i'd like seek it's bad but i seek like any means i can eric i'll seek that movie out so um gotta do what you gotta do nice quickly though uh dallas recommended the book sapiens a brief history of humankind oh, yeah, yeah. i'm uh i'm in the first part of the book which is super ancient history like basically before history and it's you know what it's really well written it's it's written for like ordinary people like me to understand doesn't go all technical it's just it's a brief history like it says it's 
very informative and well written and easy to read. Nice. Well, I wanted to put a hold on, or not put a hold on. I just rented out at the library, where there were like thirty-three holds on five copies. So I'm not seeing that book for a while from the library. But if I can perhaps borrow it yeah. off someone else's hands down the road, that would be appreciated. But I've also been reading a lot of books lately. Like one that I just finished was uh, "Fuck It, I'll Start Tomorrow" by Action Bronson, who I'm a I'm a big fan of his music. And I thought his like his novel, or not his novel, like his autobiography was on my radar for a while. I was at the library. I snagged it up. Great read. Like super funny. He just tells a bunch of stories on basically his come up in music and like how he was, like he went to culinary school and he was a chef for many years and then broke his leg, couldn't cook anymore, was down on his luck, but had been taken on rapping as kind of a hobby for four years at that point and then really committed his all of his time and energy into rapping and now he became like a like a rap somewhat like he's pretty big he's not a a superstar by any means but he's made a very good living for himself as a rapper and he's someone I look to as like a, a very inspirational person like he's a man of many skills like he paints he curates his own like olive oil he's lost like over 100 pounds getting himself into shape wow just a very kind human too. Like I watch a lot of his videos on YouTube, like his vlogs and stuff. Super funny guy, like very down to earth and someone to like, if you're obviously you don't want to be a hundred percent like him there, but someone to model certain aspects of your life around, like very committed to what he does. And like, I, I really enjoyed reading his books. So I'd recommend that. And I'm still reading all the Dune books. I'm up to the fourth one now. God emperor of Dune. Ugh. Do you remember how far up you got, Matt? Or? Yeah, I got to God Emperor of Dune finishing. I'm like, I'm never, I'm not continuing after this. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I heard it gets weird in this book. I'm like a hundred pages in. I'll just say, like, I'm not a fan of Leto Atreides the second. Yeah, don't I? I did not. I I don't even know if I finished God Emperor of Dune. All I remember was the giant worm. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Like, lead... Uh, yeah. It's been so long, though. <laughs> I just remember no, it's, something it's with... There's many Duncans or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah tons of Duncans. Okay. That's, like, little things like that I remember. Um, Man, there's some <laughs> cool stuff coming, though, in, like, the Dune movies. Like, I have a specific way I envision Dune 2 ending and then Dune the third being the finale. Ah. Like, their events... Um, occurring. Okay. So I think there's a lot of potential, but stop at three. Like I don't want them to get into Children of Dune, like the third book. I feel like stop at Dune Messiah. But anyways, I feel like I've already talked about Dune, like in the last episode too. There, but no, it's fun to read for me. Like I now I fully understand the world. Like not it's friggin' weird, but I understand it all. Like I'm just entrenched in it now. Nice. So I'll see. Maybe I'll keep going after the fourth one. But I heard like this is like a big turning point in the series. Awesome. Yeah. So that's all I got yeah. for now. Yeah, me too. I've said what I wanted to say. I've, there's many more movies, but it's like all forgettable. Yeah, actually, Atlanta season three sucks so far. Oh. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> that sucks for you. Oh. Not to, not to end on a, a negative note there, but that was another thing I had in my notes. And it's very disappointing so far. So hopefully the, re- the back half of the season can be stronger. But anyways, it's how she goes sometimes. Fun episode again, Matt. Um, yeah, any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, just everyone, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our talk about Fantastic Beasts. 
Um, thanks, Christy, for joining us too. Um, you did great. Um, just enjoy enjoy the warm weather, people, and have fun out there. Thank you. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all, and yeah.